Eagles Entertainment. Hey, Eagles fans, this is running back Miles Sanders. Sanders comes in, slot to the far side of the field. He is firing, and it is caught and into the end zone with a touchdown. Eagles score Miles Sanders, his first touchdown in the NFL. You're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast with Dave Spadaro. Hello, Eagles everywhere, and welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group Insider Dave Spadaro with you as the Eagles get ready for Monday Night Football against the New York Giants. It's the seventh time these teams have met on Monday Night Football, and of course, look, we all know the situation for the Eagles. They've lost three straight games. They're five and seven. Nobody saw this coming. And yet they're still very much alive in the NFC playoff chase. We've got two podcasts for you for the remainder of the week between now and game time. A little later on in the weekend, we'll hear from Carson Wentz, my one-on-one with him. And we'll go behind enemy lines and talk about the Giants who will start Eli Manning on Monday night. But for this podcast, we've got something very, very special for you. A little later in the show, we'll hear from... The ultimate weapon. Former Eagles quarterback Randall Cunningham joins the show. I talked to him with a special guest included about Randall's career in Philadelphia, what he's doing now, and he'll be on hand Monday night at Lincoln Financial Field. Should be an emotional time as Eagles fans welcome back the great number 12. But first, let's go to the Eagles offensive line, specifically the right tackle position. We kick off this Eagles Insider podcast with a one-on-one interview with Lane Johnson. We now welcome in Eagles offensive tackle Lane Johnson to the Eagles Insider podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Lane, um, first of all, congratulations on the the contract. Thank you. It was interesting. uh, When you signed it and we went up and talked to you, you said it's not about the money right now. It's, It's about leaving your legacy on the field. What's that mean? Yeah, so after my first contract, I was still driving around a Honda Civic. So if that tells you anything. So as far as my approach is, you know, I'm probably on the second half of my career. Uh, been in here seven years. I'm playing next to, you know, one of the best guards in the league, if not the best lineman, uh, you know, this year. So it makes my job a lot easier. So, you know, as the years start to grind down, I want to um, try to be the best I can. So whenever that day comes when I retire, I, I can look back and say, hey, man, I, I, I achieved my potential. How old do you think you will be when you retire? How, how long do you want to play this game? I was talking to Jason Peters, and he said every time he thought about retirement, he says, you know, it's, it's an addition. You know, just being with the guys and being amongst, um, you know, a team that's, you know, striving for a common goal, it's, it's just something you're wrapped up in. So who knows what that answer is, but uh, hopefully it's going to be a little while. I, I, think, I think also it's, it's kind of like, in a way, I would imagine – I'm just putting words in your mouth so you tell me if I'm wrong. Comforting to have a routine every day. You yes. know, like you know where you're going to – like you yep. have a cadence to life. Yes. And I would imagine if – I guess guys get out of the game and they, they struggle yes. with that. And I struggle. Like usually, you know, every offseason you go from such a, you know, regimented schedule. You have to be somewhere at a certain time all the time. And then you go to not having anything to do. Um, so it kind of gets kind of weird a little bit. Yeah. Not having anything to do. So, yeah, I think um, – you know, even when football's over, I need to be involved with something. What, what, it, what is your What is your What are your uh, hobbies? Man, I like to spend time outdoors. I like to. You're the uh, hunting. You're the hunt. You part yeah. of the hunting club here? Yeah, I like to fish though a lot more too. Um, but yeah, man, I, to be honest, I'd probably like to be involved with football, either with scouting or maybe coaching something. You know, be around it. That's all I've known. Well, that then that leads to the question: Where will football be in ten years? I mean, like, if you play 10, 10 more years, like, will high school football? 
be in existence in 10 years, do you think? Uh, man, the way it is now, I mean, it's almost like it's college. I mean, when you see the development that they have now, all these camps that they didn't have even when I was in high school. So guys are coming in a lot more polished um, coming into college, and it's a, I mean, it's a big business. So um, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? There was this – I saw this uh, Bryant Gumble Real Sports show on HBO, I guess, the other night, and it was talking about how these youth – these athletes, they they're like playing sp one sport all year round. Yep. Major can they're like just breaking their bodies down. Uh -huh. Did you play a lot of sports when you were a kid, or did you? Did you I mean, you played a bunch, right? I played everything. I played baseball, basketball, ran track, football. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine these young kids doing. Will you let your kids play football? Yeah, but my thing is, I, I just don't want to be that dad that, you know, it's forceful. I kind of want them to do their own thing. So right, we'll see. Um, hey. Uh, uh, the contract, wonderful thing. Have you have you been good with your money, Lane? Like, do you have you taken your money seriously and understood that you're only going to be playing for so many years? Yes. And, yeah, how'd you learn that? Uh, well, ever since you know our rookie year, you have those developmental meetings. You have all these people come in and and tell you the, you know, the, the bad things that happen to the players that, that aren't smart about it, and you realize that you know what the average career is what you know three three and a half years, if that. So, um, be smart about it. Be smart about your spending and, and realize. Um, you know, you're blessed to be here and uh, and really uh, try to be involved with the right people. Did you, uh, and I apologize if I'm going too, going too far here, when you signed a contract, first contract, rookie rookie deal, fourth pick in the draft, mm -hmm. what, was the, what was the first, like, big check that you saw? And how much was it? First big check? I don't know if it's a check. I just remember the money going direct deposit to the bank. Well, um, either way. <sighs> I never had money, so I really don't know how to spend it. So uh, was it like was it five million dollars, ten million dollars, three million dollars? Um, I think I think it was thirteen after my the rookie year. So that was what wow. I first got off with. So wow, what'd you do with it? It's still sitting there. I mean, I bought, you know, obviously a house to you know up here. Um, already had a truck. Um, helped up my mom a little bit. That's that's really it. Did your did your family middle class family wealthy family? What was your what was your upbringing like? I uh, grew up not having a whole lot of money. Um, you know, mom went back to college, got a degree, and uh, ended up doing a little bit better. So um, yeah, really, she she worked her way up, and you know, we live we live modest, and uh, you know, I came from a town that you know barely a thousand people in there, so wasn't really a whole lot going on. So what did you say? You drove a Honda Civic? Yeah, for a little bit. And what, you got rid of that and got a truck? Yeah. Okay. I had the Honda yeah. Civic, my buddy Chase Ford, that was here for a little bit, played yeah, in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, so that's who I got the car from. <laughs> that's awesome. It had good speakers, so shout out to Honda. Uh, yeah, I, I am amazed when I see guys walking around with tons of money on their neck and on their wrists and, and they're in the parking lot. It's like, man, that's not where you put money. It's all for the gram. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, I guess you are what the Instagram says you are, huh? No, that's, we talk, we've talked about the, the social media <laughs> thing. You're the social media king, so... Um, you have a, you have the right perspective on things. Let's talk a little football here. Yeah. Uh, five and seven Eagles lane. Nobody thought that this team would be in this position. Yeah. It sucks to lose in the NFL, doesn't yeah. it? Um, how do you how do you deal with it? I keep going. Uh, the way I way I approach this game, the, you know, as far as almost alignment mentality, man, you got to be a you got to be like the serial killer in Halloween, Mike Myers. Say, I don't <laughs> care what's going on around me. I don't care what anybody's saying. All I know is I got to play that that's that's about to be called, and I got to go execute it, and I go to the next. Uh, either and even when we're winning or losing, it doesn't really change my job. Um, obviously, we're not where we're uh, where we want to be. Uh, you know, lots of excuses be made. We can say this and say that. Hey, we're five and seven. We we are where we are, and and uh, looking ahead, you know, it's a slim chance of playoffs, but you know, it could happen. So these four games is 
it is what it is. I, mean, we, I don't we, think we it's know a slim chance. Eagles, we go four and four. We're in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I mean, a, Is this team capable of winning four straight games? Yeah, we're capable. It's just a matter of going out and doing it. We, we, we talked about it, you know, all season long about what we're going to do, so now it's time to, to go do it. Can you get it? Do you, did you feel this coming? Did you sense this coming, that, that struggle during the season? Uh, I mean, you can kind of get a, a glimpse of it early. Uh, I mean, lots of injuries happen. Uh, I think losing Deshaun was, was a big piece of our offense. Um, you know, obviously having him gone was a... A big blow to us, but other than that, man, it's I mean, it's how this this uh, you know life in the NFL goes. Lots of lots of new guys coming in, lots of uh, interchanging parts, and really, in this league, uh, I remember uh, you know seeing Lamar Jackson's shirt the other night says nobody cares, work harder. So I thought that stuck with me, and and really should stick with you know everybody in the building. You've been blessed to win a lot of football games in your time with the Eagles. Uh, is there is there one thing you point to that separates a team that wins a lot from a team that is struggling to win a lot? Uh, I think it goes down to, you know, obviously the communication and I guess the caring of your team. I mean, are you a team or are you a bunch of individuals? So um, I feel like us, we're a pretty tight-knit group, even with the good and the bad and ugly. We've always stuck together. Yeah, and so. that's, why, that's why I think this team's going to turn it around. I, I mean, I, I'm a believer. I know that Monday night, uh, Lincoln Financial Field, I'm not sure what the mood's going to be like in the stadium. Yeah. Um, but some early success, and the fans are going to be right back into it, right? Yeah, yeah we know what time it is. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you get that thing going early, the energy's going to be rocking, and here we go. I get this question a lot. What's it, what's it like on the flight back after a win versus after a loss? Is it any different to you? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously a loss, you're not feeling as good, but uh, on that flight, I'm thinking about getting to my house and getting the body back, getting the kinks undone and get my body back feeling good for That's, the next practice. I, I, I always say that. Pe the players are kind of just – Maybe there's some guys playing cards or whatever. Or most guys just kind of yeah. chill out and get and try to get some rest. Listen to your music, watch some TV. That's really it. Do you watch the iPad? Uh, sometimes. I mean, but usually we get enough, so much film whenever we get back. Um, usually I'm just listening to music. Do you go right into an ice tub after a game or the night of? Uh, yeah, usually. Um, we have a thing called body tempering. So instead of a foam roller, you use like a big metal pipe and kind of use to for soft tissue uh Injuries and getting your body back right. We do that. Uh, inversion tables. Yeah. So you, you, do you think that I'm having a bad back problem? Do you, do you believe in the uh, inversion table? They can help decompress the back, but I think a lot of our problem is is that we sit all day, and so your posterior chain isn't activated like it should be. Yeah. That, as Monty Wang, Monty Wong says, <laughs> yeah. motion is lotion. Hey, motion is motion, motion is medicine. Motion is lotion. Yeah. Motion. Mo Monty's the man. And uh, he's helped me out a lot. All right, let's do five questions here for Lane Johnson. Question number one, if you were NFL commissioner for one week, what changes, if any, would you make to the league? Ooh, I would probably be more lenient on the celebrations. And then as far as the cleats, I would let people kind of wear what they want to wear. Okay, what would you like to see in terms of celebrations? What, what is restricting of celebrations now? I don't know. There was, I feel like there was a period in time where you could do a whole lot, and then there was a time where it was kind of, you know, shut upon. Now we're getting back to where it is, so it's kind of, it's been all over the place. I just right. want to be consistent. And this weekend, the Eagles, uh, it's the Mike Cleats, Mike Cause weekend. Uh, the staff were all wearing um, Eagles Autism Challenge cleats, Eagles Autism Foundation cleats, and shoes. What do you, what do you got going on for the for the cleats? Uh, we're the Troops First Foundation, and that's really about um, bringing back soldiers, rehabbing them, uh, putting them in proper housing. 
uh, making sure they're getting back physically, you know, mentally, emotionally, and getting back to service if they want to, and really just, you know, seeing them throughout the course, um, you know, after their injuries. And so, get them back into jobs. Get them back, get them back into to jobs. feeling like they're real people again. They're yeah. not isolated over. And a lot of that starts mentally. I mean, get, getting getting their minds right and getting their purpose back, and 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 that was big for me. Do you have a lot of interaction with 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 the military? Uh, yeah, I mean, my trainer Gabe, he he was a Marine for. Uh, six or seven years and you know ever since he's been with me he's introduced me to, to a lot of that uh, circle of the world so um, what the, what are they what are their biggest challenges I mean a lot of these guys are injured I mean missing limbs um, you know getting around uh, you know proper housing ha having you know a, a house that can accommodate them and and uh, some of their injuries and what they go through and then really um, as far as the, the mental aspect giving them you know the mental care that they need a lot of guys come back you know a lot of trauma a lot of PTSD and really getting that mental side back and getting their purpose back in life. It's incredible. We are, we, we are both lucky in our lifetimes not to be part of a, a draft, a world war. Yeah, after you see some of those people and meet those people, then your whole kind of perspective changes. Yeah, no doubt. You realize what's important. Uh, question number two, what is Lane Johnson's guilty pleasure? PG rated, please. Uh, yeah, so I've been on a pretty strict diet, uh, but other than that, I like to... I like my cinnamon toast crunch. So that's your guilty pleasure. Yeah. Okay. What's your What's your diet? Do you take cutting out sugar? A lot of it, man. It's a lot of white rice, a lot of ground beef, some vegetables, but really just a lot of white rice. Is that right? Yeah. And, and how much do you weigh? Three twenty. How much did you weigh when you were coming into into the NFL? Probably three hundred five. And you can gain weight and not eat sugar. I mean, or are you just trying to maintain what you've got? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to feel good, so I'm trying to limit the sugar. I'm trying to limit the inflammation, and I mean, a lot of it's what body. I mean, kind of a bodybuilder diet. A lot of it's the white rice and stuff that's easy digestible, so you're not bloated all the time. You're not feeling bad. Do you do the uh, uh the hyperbaric or not the hyperbaric the cryotherapy? Yep. Here. Do the cryo. Yeah. So how long are you in the cryotherapy? Uh, I mean, it's like a three minute cycle, I believe. And that so. takes the, all the inflammation out. Supposed to I me, mean, I think it's pretty similar to what a cold tub does. It's just kind of what you prefer, but I like both of them. Do you do the infrared bed? Uh, I've only been there one time, uh, just because I can barely fit in there. But, yeah, uh, I love the infrared bed. Yeah, I, I like I like the steam room and the sauna, so that's kind of my go-to. Do you get massages? Uh, massages, try to get at least one a week. Sometimes I don't, but okay. Yeah. All right, good stuff. All right, question number three: strangest auto, uh, strangest autograph request you've ever gotten? Uh, I think I had to sign a baby one time, or I did sign. I a think baby. you saw, Yeah, you told me that yeah. with a sharpie. With a sharpie. That's just, feel like feel like Happy Gilmore. No, it was Miles. <laughs> it was Miles Sanders who said he had to sign it. People really get their kid like what across the forehead. Yeah. Ah, uh, no, I think I signed, I signed a shirt. shirt oh, just a shirt. Okay, yeah. God bless. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know. Because Eagles fans sign it right on the forehead, like yeah. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> exactly. Uh, question number four: Why are you as good as you are, and how much of it do you think Lane is God given? I think a lot of my abilities, uh, you know, just the size and the speed. Obviously, um, you know, the range that I have has always been there. I think what really helped me, man, is just having stout. Because uh, coming in, I was very raw. The technique was raw. Um, had a, had trouble stopping the bull rush for, for some years. But really just him and, and constant progression. I don't know if – I've never seen anybody kind of that passionate about what they do. And, and really, I've never seen a day where he comes in where he's not full tilt. So it's – that's probably the most impressive part ever since I've been here. I've just never seen somebody that passionate about what they do. And so – Seeing him and the way he goes about his business just energizes me and, and kind of puts things in perspective. But the way he does it, too, it must also you – know, you have to have a special ability to absorb that kind of energy, too. Like yeah, it's, some it's, it's, it's not a bad energy. It's a, man, I, I don't care. I'm, trying to, I'm just trying to make you a better, better player. And then, you know, besides being the player, he also cares about, you know, how you are as a human. Um, 
and how you are mentally, anything you can do to help you out the field. So really it's like, a, you know, another father figure. And, you know, I spend a lot more time with him than, than you know, at home with my parents. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, number five, what is the most significant purchase you've made since you've been an NFL player? There's got to be some toy that you bought. A great fishing rod or something that you thought you would never have in your life, maybe. I mean, I, I got a Ford Raptor now. That's it? You are I, I, got, I, got a, I got a house. I mean, I built the gym. Uh, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, my... My grandpa actually came up a few weeks ago. He's, he said, and he told uh, my trainer, he said, don't tell Lane, but that's a sissy truck. He said, it's only a V6, not even a V8. <laughs> so I may have to get a new, a new one. Take it back, 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 off, off the road, hey. uh, into the dirt, into the woods, into the... I've never been big in that. I don't know why, why people have always souped up their trucks and just want to go mud and tear up their stuff. And, isn't that what, isn't that what Flex does? <sighs> yeah, but I don't, think he t I don't think he tears his stuff up. I think okay. his more is just on the racetrack. But. Hey, you're, you're a football technician. I wondered if you'd give us a little scouting report on some of the Eagles' young offensive linemen that we haven't seen. Yeah. What do you think of Jordan Mulata? Jordan Mulata, Jesus. He's 6'8", 360, 370. Uh, listed at 346, wink, wink. Yeah, listed at 346. Yeah. Just a man. Does he have a chance? Yeah, he does have a chance. It's just uh, mentally, I think it's all about how bad do you want it. I think once he gets out there in the game and demoralizes somebody and, he, and he's like, whoa, look what I just did. And then that confidence goes and then, yeah, here we go. How about Matt Pryor? Matt Pryor, uh, far as length, the guy has, you know, 36, 37-inch arms. He's 6'8", you know, 350. And the thing about him, man, is he's, he sits in his stance and he's so wide to go around without even moving. So, you know, those are attributes and traits that not everybody has. And uh, I think, you know, a few games ago, he came in and got some action, did really well. And and whenever he's motivated, man, he's a, he's a scary individual. And he built the confidence in that can really take you exactly, a long way. Exactly. Herbig, nobody knows, nobody out there, he's like the most, the most anonymous Philadelphia Eagle. What's his, I know he's an interior lineman, guard, center, um, young kid from Stanford. What do you think of his abilities and First of all, I love his energy. He's always coming, he's always smiling. Uh, Joking around, but when it comes to football, he's uh, he's got he got some dog in him. He can play some center. He can play guard, both guard spots. Uh, just a, a big body. You know, he's probably six three, three forty. Can move well. Has a good anchor, and uh, he's a guy that's, that's very smart too. Uh, very smart, and uh, yeah, he's a guy that's coming into his own. Eagles just promoted Sua. Mm -hmm. What's his game like? I call him Tum Tum. <laughs> I don't know why I call him that, but. Uh, he has a big beard. He looks like he should be carrying a club around and a, maybe <laughs> yeah. a, maybe a satchel. Yeah, possibly. it's like uh, it's uh, what was that? The wild thornberry. The wild thornberries. He said just say, like that cartoon is <laughs> Nigel Thornberry. Like, Nigel Thornberry. Right, one of the right. One of those guys. Hey, Lane. Congrats on everything. And uh, uh, the Giants, a big rivalry. Um, yep. This team's ready to go, right? This team's ready to go out and win let's, on Monday let's night. Let's go. Yep, yeah. No more talking. Here we go. Okay, Lane Johnson. Thanks for joining us here. Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. We welcome now to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, the great Randall Cunningham, who will be the team's honorary captain this Monday night when the Eagles play the New York Giants at Lincoln Financial Field. Randall, good day. How are you, sir? Doing excellent, my friend. I hope you guys are all well. We, we are all well. Uh, Randall, I want to tell you, it's not just me and you here. I brought in a special guest. Let me see if you can identify the voice. Hi, Randall. It's always good to be on the other end of the phone with you. Yeah, what's up, Merle? Everything's great, Randall. Think about you all the time. You know what I think about you, Randall? Every time I see Lamar Jackson having a big game, I say, I knew somebody who did many of those same things. Yeah. I tell you what, he's an exciting kid to watch. Oh, my God. I love watching him. Does he remind you of you? 
Yeah, it's kind of scary, you know. But, you know, he, he's so amazing. It's kind of like what I see. I see my mentality, the way that I wanted to play, reckless abandon, just doing whatever you can to win, not really being concerned about tomorrow, but just taking care of today. I love that style of quarterback. Let's discuss the evolution of the quarterback position because it's my contention, Randall, that you really influenced a generation, certainly of Eagles, of young people becoming Eagles fans, and then also the quarterback position. Uh, now, there were some mobile quarterbacks before. Well, there Bobby were. Douglas and Fran Tarkenton. Yeah, but not, not like Randall. Right. Randall was, was one in a million. As a matter of fact, Randall, I remember, I remember the Sports Illustrated cover with a picture of you, and the headline was, Football's ultimate weapon. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a copy of that. I kept that one. I was I was really really excited about that one myself. Did you did you in your youth, Randall, see quarterbacks do the kinds of things that you did? Um, is it something that just came naturally to you? I saw guys in Oklahoma or Alabama, Nebraska, Thomas uh, Thomas Lott and people and. You know, I just really liked that they, they ran the wishbone or whatever it was, and it was just another another part of the quarterback position. I felt I had speed, I had talent to do it. So that's what I did. I enjoyed it. And to be able to watch Lamar and to see Mahomes and some of these quarterbacks, it reminds me, it really reminds me of Steve Young and I battling it out, you know, for the rushing title. You know, Randall, I think back to very early in your career, you had the opportunity to have a quarterback coach by the name of Doug Scoville, who was a close friend of yeah, mine. Late Doug. Yeah, the late yeah. Doug. And, and, and he had a profound effect on your career, did he not? He really did. Uh, the good thing about, and the great thing about the late Doug Scoville is that he watched me while he was at San Diego State. We played against San Diego State, UNLV. Uh, against San Diego State. So he knew me as a player. He knew what I was capable of. He knew about my punting skills. And uh, I was so happy to have him as a coach. He was a perfect coach for me. Merrill, I, I got to believe that watching, and I watched Randall from 19, really from 1987-ish on, and for me, it was every day you'd kind of sit there and go, what's he going to do on the next play? What was it like for you to watch Randall well, play? it was the same thing, but I knew the talent of Randall Cunningham, and I knew to expect everything. You had the, the great arm, and that part of it had to be natural, Randall. You could reach any part of the field. Eagles have a quarterback now who has that cannon for an arm. Just wondering your assessment when you watch Carson Wentz. You know, when I watch Carson, I'm enthusiastic about him. It just seems like the team has gone through a lot recently. And uh, uh, it seems like the power and the anointing uh, of everybody coming together is just not clicking on all cylinders. And then when I look at him, I think about how much pressure he has on himself and, and Coach Peterson to hold the whole thing together. And it's like, oh, my God, I remember those days. And Carson, he has all of the ability. And, uh, you know, Buddy Ryan used to say, you just got to win in November and December, and, yeah. and that's where we're at right That's where we're at right now, you know. We're at a tough part now. Randall, how do you manage all that pressure? How did you do it? Because there was such an enormous amount of attention on you for everything you did on and off the field. You know, the way I, I did it is, you know, I just really had to get to my own quiet spot and, uh, Recently, about, I don't know, maybe four, five, six, seven years ago, I asked my pastor, because I'm a pastor, and I said, Pastor John, I said, what do you do when you just need, you don't know what to do? 
because there's so much on you. And he said, you got to have your place that you go to. My place that I went to was my home in Morristown, New Jersey. I would just go and I would, I would go into my house and shoot pool, watch a movie, you know, uh, just really relax. I'd ride my four-wheeler in the backyard. And I just had to get away from it and relax my mind. And uh, that's a very difficult thing to do when you're right in the cusp of everything. When you're right there in the center and all eyes are on you, it's, it's, it's not easy to do that. And, you know, people want your attention. They, they want your time. They, they, they want a conversation. And it's like when you have that much pressure, you have to debrief yourself. You have to defragment. You have to really get to a place of just exhaling so that you can uh, face society. And I, I believe that Carson needs to do that just as much as Lamar Jackson and, and all the other players. Randall, I wonder, with all of the attention back then, what do you think it would be like for you now with social media, with everybody's phones that are cameras? I mean, it, the it, it, what you went through multiplied by, I guess, 100. Do you, would you have enjoyed it in this era right now? Uh you know what? I can't stand a lot of social media myself right now. Uh, but I think that I probably would have had somebody handling my social media, uh, and I would have looked at it. And But I really don't think uh, even, you know, you guys knew me back then. You probably would have thought that I would have done all that. I'm not that kind of person. I'm, I'm cool as long as I can talk to people, hug people. But when I get overwhelmed, it, it, it becomes really difficult for me. And, and I think... Uh, one of the writers called me an enigma at one point in time and said, we can't figure this guy out. And I was like, I can't figure myself out. Give me a few years to mature, and then maybe I'll figure out who I am, and then I'll, I'll tell you who I am. But, you know, I'm just beginning to learn that. You know, when I turned 40 years old, I said, well, I guess, you know, this Christian walk, I have to walk as, as a true man. And when I became a pastor, it's like, whew, man, this is like, it's, it's real. So it's, it's a lot. Social media is too much to me nowadays. I, I think it's too much for all of us, Randall. When you, when you began, the first year I remember under Buddy uh, was not the favorite of Ron Jaworski because they would remove Ron on third downs. Every quarterback wants to be there on third downs to make the first down. they pull Ron and throw you in for third downs. How tough was that to acclimate yourself to the NFL on crunch time every down? To me, it was it was it was smart. It was like no one's willing to do that, and people thought Buddy was crazy. But if you look and you understood what he was trying to do, he was saying our third down and long percentage, we're not going to make it. It's very very low. But if I throw this kid in here and just let him go and have fun, we're going to raise it up, and we can raise it up ten or twenty percent. That's going to help our team out. And I understood that, so I looked forward to doing it. Um, I don't know if Ron looked forward to coming out of the game. I'm sure he didn't, but it was no different when Matt Cavanaugh would come in to run a quarterback. Sure, yeah. Ron, loved, it was, it Ron was, loved that too. <laughs> yeah, but it it worked for us, you know. And and we were different. We were we were uh, uh, we were different from all the other teams. We weren't the team that was going to go out there and you were going to run the same plays. We were going to do things and watch the defense do what they did. You know, there are a lot of great guys on this Eagles team, and it's a good locker room and a lot of talented players, but I don't think there was ever as colorful a group as the group around you, and of course, Buddy Ryan was the ringmaster, but you were around guys like Jerome Brown and Reggie White and oh, Seth yeah. Joyner and on and on. Yeah. That, was, 
That was an unusual group. How did these guys stay together with all of those individual big personalities? Oh, my God. I, I think about it nowadays, and I get teary-eyed thinking about Reggie and thinking about having a relationship with Jerome Brown. You, you can't reproduce people like that. No. It's just not going to happen. You know, I like the, the guy, Javon Clowney. He's like a big beast. But Reggie was Reggie. And, and Clowney is Clowney, you know. It's like they're, they're great players, but it's just something about Reggie White when he read the Bible or when he preached or when he was in the locker room playing around like a little kid. Oh, yeah. He was like an all-around all person, and he wasn't, like, short with you. He'd sit and spend time with you, and he wanted to do outreach. And it's like nowadays, you know, it's like we are the Reggie Whites. You know, we are the Jerome Browns. Jerome, Jerome Brown was crazy. I mean... I remember uh, pulling up to a game. <laughs> he just pulled his car up and left it there. And I'm like, Jerome, we can't do that, man. He says, yes, we can. We're late to the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remember him coming in to, to where we were taking off for a preseason game, and Jerome Brown ran, drove his Ford Bronco right up to the plane, jumped out, yeah. ran up the steps, and he was carrying two baskets of fried chicken. And Buddy said the guys had a dress for work. It was a hot day, and he was wearing a sport jacket and tie and no shirt. <laughs> and sweaty, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm telling you, I'm over here teary-eyed laughing at this now because those times were just, they're, they're unreplaceable, you know? The, 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 the characters that we had, Andre Waters, oh. and uh, I remember Andre and I got in a fight my first year, the last game of the season. It was like we almost went knuckle to knuckle, and uh, it was just like we had such a tough year, you know, and we were going through changes, and it's like Andre was my brother, you know, and it's like that's a family. That's what family actually goes through. You go through things like that, and, and you, like you said, with Buddy Ryan as a ringleader, it was, it was kind of like, you know what, he's pops, you know. It, it resurrected an era of Eagles football because from the Dick Vermeil time to Buddy, it was really dormant in Philadelphia, sure. right, Merrill? I'm sure. You know, one other guy I have to bring up, and this is going to make you feel a little bit old. Do you realize that my partner in the broadcast booth, Mike Quick, has now been sitting next to me in the booth for 23 years? <laughs> I've been married almost 27, so I can imagine. It's, it, I know. That's like tight. You, I was talking uh, to Mike the other day, and he just texted me yesterday, I think it was, saying, hey, look forward to seeing you. And we always talk about you, Merle. He says, yeah, I'm still with Merle. I says, Merle doing all right? You still got a cigar? <laughs> he says, Merle's got a cigar, man. <laughs> there were so many yeah, great I'm moments, Randall, and one of them will be kind of remembered this weekend. Uh, the Monday night game, of course, we're playing the Giants this weekend. Seventh time the Eagles and Giants have played on Monday night football. And you, uh, back on October 10th, 1988, the Carl Banks play, one oh. of the greatest plays in oh, NFL history. Yeah. Merle, uh, Randall, what, uh, Merle and Randall, what do you guys remember about that play? M Randall first. Um, I, you know, I was talking to somebody about that the other day doing an interview, and it's just like, they said, what were you thinking? And I said, I was thinking that Jimmy Giles should come across the field a little faster. Yeah. You know, he was towards the end of his career. He was tight in. And he was coming around. I'm waiting and waiting. And all of a sudden, I want to throw it. And then all of a sudden, Carl Banks is there. And I'm thinking, Carl, what are you doing over there? You should be covering Jimmy Giles. But uh, he hit me. And then I just happened to catch myself. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, Jimmy finally comes over. 
Well, that, that is one of the indelible memories of Randall Cunningham in my mind, but there were a couple of others, and one was against the team that the Eagles are playing this week, the New York Giants. It was at the Meadowlands where you got off like a 93-yard punt. Oh, my gosh. There's so yeah, many plays, bro. That day. Yeah, that, know, that, that's so funny you bring that up because <clears throat> I, I, I literally remember what was going through my mind. It was so windy that if I threw the ball, I didn't know which way it was going to go because the wind was going to blow it. And I figured the wind was blowing perfectly. The Giants had opened up that tunnel right in time. They made a big yeah. mistake. And as I was coming off, I said, Buddy, let me punt this one. And Buddy said, Go ahead, kid. <laughs> and I punted it. I punted it, and it came off the inside of my foot. And I was like, Oh, no. And then the wind took it back into the middle of the field. And, and Megan was sitting there saying, i got to be careful to catch this thing. And he went all the way back down to about the, the eight-yard line, I think it was. And that ball, I tell everybody, it was so windy that day that ball would still be rolling. It'd probably be over in London somewhere today. I know. There's one other I have to bring up because this is probably my favorite of all time, and it was the Eagles in Buffalo, and Bruce Smith was honing in on you in the end zone, and you were running around trying to get free of Bruce Smith, and you cocked that mighty right arm, and you hit Fred Barnett 50 yards downfield. Yeah, Bruce made a big mistake. Prior to that play, he started licking his chops, and I saw that. <laughs> so I figured I wasn't going to be lunch that day. And so I didn't even look down the field. If you watch the video, I dropped back, and I just wanted to know where he was. And he did like a stunt or something. And the next thing you know, he came from behind me, and I just happened to catch him out of the side. And I ducked, and I was like, oh, he missed. And that's when I just took off full speed. And I was just looking. I said, I'm just throwing it deep. It'll be like a punt. And, and Freddie just happened to catch that punt because <laughs> it looked like a punt going up there end over end. And he took it to the house with that great speed. So it was, it was awesome. That was, a, that was a great game. We lost, but, you know, that was a great game. Randall, how often do you run into Eagles fans or hear from Eagles fans? What kind of exchanges do you have with those who have loved you for so many years? Oh, it's still the same. I ran into a guy the other day, and he hit me on my back so many times. Like Cunningham, hey buddy, how you how you doing? <laughs> I wanted to tell him, I wanted to say, you don't have to hit me, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> I had that flashback of being in Philly, where everybody pats you on the back. <laughs> and then uh, I'm in a, uh, just recently, I was checking into a hotel, and uh, I was about to check in, and a guy walks up, and she says, the lady says, sir, uh, can I check this person out first? And I looked, and he had an Eagles beanie on. So I just backed up. It's like, of course, you know. So, but he didn't recognize me. And I was, I was thinking about what I was going to say to him. I'm saying, hey, if you didn't have that beanie on, I wouldn't have let you go in for it. But you got that Eagles beanie on. But uh, we didn't talk, and uh, he just kept on going. Randall, uh, what do you think it's going to be like coming back Monday night, uh, Lincoln Financial Field, just a, another opportunity to stand in front of those who've Loved you for so long. 68,000 fans. And, and, and one of the other people who's going to be watching this game and sitting up to the booth at a broadcast booth and doing the color commentary for the Giants is the aforementioned Carl Banks. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, my buddy Carl. I just saw him not too long ago. We did an, uh, an autograph session together. Uh, you know what? It's going to be just like old times. Um, the fans are the fans, and, and we have a... a 
a kindred love, you know, it's that brotherly love that we have. And it's, I, I, I am so happy. I don't get to come back very often, but when I do come back, you know, I go hang on the street. I go to the steak place, you know, Jim's or Gino's have a steak. And, you know, the guy's like, Randall? Yeah, man. Man, you still come here? Yeah, no, I'm just in town, man. I had to get my grub on with you guys. <laughs> I'll, go down, I'll go down on South Street. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, I get to see my boy Bill. Uh, he has a... a a box at the stadium. I haven't seen him in a long time, so we're going to go sit. And, and what's cool is I'm bringing my son and my daughter, Beautiful. Randall uh, the second. He's coming. You know, he's six foot six. He could have been playing quarterback, but he ended up uh, becoming an NCAA indoor and outdoor high jumper. They're both getting ready uh, for Olympic trials in the Olympics, so I'm training wow. now. I got them both back. I've got them both back together now, so we have our facility, and I'm training them. And I'm excited about that, bringing my kids with me. <clears throat> I can't wait to see them. Randall, what are you doing these days? You mentioned that you're uh, a pastor. Can you kind of tell fans how they can connect with you? I know you've got some social media going as well. Yeah, but I'm not really big. I'm not, I'm not a recruiter. I, I, I am a pastor. I've been pastoring now for about 13 or 14 years. Um, in Las Vegas, we have a 42,000-square-foot building. Uh, we just built a did a 22,000 square foot build out, kind of like what I did in, um, kind of like what I did in, um, in um, um, what's it called, uh, Camden, New Jersey, where we built it at the church. We built a basketball gymnasium and everything. I did the same thing just recently, added that onto our church, and so we're really big on sports. I just hired my son uh, as a sports director to build sports through the church. And so he's doing that, and uh, I'm training training uh, athletes. I got athletes that come to me from all over the country, top high jumpers, and you know I send a lot of kids to college. Um, so it's really cool to be able to be relevant even today. And uh, somebody asked me the other day, <clears throat> they said uh, something about the Hall of Fame. I said, you know what? I said, as I'm looking at these kids nowadays, they said you should be in the Hall of Fame. I said, you know what? Why should I be in the Hall of Fame? They said, look at Lamar. Look at Mahomes. You were the, one of the first people to really do that, and that's how you get in the Hall of Fame. I said, you know what? I said, I'm satisfied with those guys just doing what they do. I don't have to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't have a desire to be in the Hall of Fame anymore. I don't even want to get into voting and all of that. I said, I'm just happy seeing these young kids doing well. So I'm just a fan from afar. I'm a pastor. I'm a dad. Um, I'm a husband a community guy, and I'm just really happy seeing these young kids doing what they do. When I saw Clowney um, going off on, uh, I, don't, I don't know what game it was, whether it was San Francisco they were playing against, but this guy, oh, my God, he, I don't know if he had sacks and caused fumbles, but I was like, man, he's taking it to a whole nother level. And I remember when he got drafted. So I, I just really am enjoying the players nowadays. You sound great, Randall. I, I, we can't wait to see you. We can't wait to hear the fans react to you. And, boy, I mean, it's just like old times sitting here with Merrill and Randall. Yeah, and I can't wait to see you Reliving my younger night. days as an Eagles fan and early Eagles Digest and all that, having a great time. Thanks, Randall. Yeah, I tell you, brother, I'm, 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 still, I'm still a little reserved when I get around people. I don't know why I'm like that, but I get a little shy when I get around people, as crazy as that sounds. On the radio, on TV, I can just... You know, go with it and be myself. But when people get around me, I'm still a little, uh, <laughs> a little hesitant for some reason. Understood. I don't know why I'm like that. It's, it's actually, it's interesting. <laughs> Randall actually changed my life significantly, and it had nothing to do with what he did on the field. He tore his knee in 1991. 
Injured the ACL. Uh, we remember that game, that horrible yep. game against the Packers. I hurt my knee yep. in 1992, yep. and I went down to the vet. Uh, it was uh, about a week after my surgery, and Randall looked at me and said, what are you doing with those crutches? I said, well, the doctor said I should have crutches. He said, when you get hurt, throw the crutches away and work your body. And I threw the crutches away, and I came right back. Str- and every time I've ever gotten injured, I've o- I always think of Randall Cunningham. That's the way you rehab your body. So thank you, Randall. <laughs> Randall Cunningham, thank you so much. Awesome. Bye-bye. All right, thanks, buddy. Bless you, guys. Ah, great stuff there from Randall and from Merrill. A trip down memory lane. Cannot wait to see Randall and his family over the weekend here in Philadelphia. Thanks to Lane Johnson for his time. Thanks to all of you for joining in on this podcast. Fun stuff today. And look, we are in a must-win situation, so we'll see how the Eagles respond on Monday night. Thanks to Trevor Hayes and Peter Kelly for their work. Thanks to Chris Barletto as well for helping out during that Lane Johnson interview. And we're back with another Eagles Insider podcast for you on Sunday as we preview Monday's game against the Giants. Thanks, everyone. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate us, pass the word along. We really appreciate you being here through the good times and through the tough times. Insider Dave Spadaro saying thanks so much, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-L-E-S.